Hey muses, welcome back to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. It is I, Katie Skinner, serving you up some fresh realness, some tips, tricks, advice um, from my years of entrepreneurship. Um, I am currently on, on my back deck in my new apartment. Or, oh my God, I'm so used to saying apartment, my new house. Evan and Emily and I bought a house. Um, and if you don't know me, Evan is my husband. Emily is, is, is his sister. I talk more about it in my previous episode. Um, so go ahead and listen to that. If you'd like, I kind of just speak off the cuff about, um, our unconventional housing situation. Um, we bought a house with three adults, which I think is highly ideal. Um, I really, I still want to do an episode about that. Just like the emotions that we went through and, um, it's not for the faint of heart. Of course, buying a house brings up a lot of emotions and I just want to record an episode to normalize the like, like the whirlwind that it is and to just reiterate the message that you should keep the faith keep going remember what you're holding out for and just be that guide for somebody who might be going through something um fairly large in their life another episode that i also want to record is um the birthing story of when i gave birth to august that is a huge conversation for another time um august was born on march 18th 2022 and today is june 2nd um, I thought that I was going to record it like immediately, but it turns out that when you're freshly having had a baby, talking is really hard. Um, it's like really hard. <laughs> I don't know if this happened to anybody else, but to me, holding a conversation was really, really hard. Um, I feel like I was just, was just out of breath constantly. Um, a lot of things happen to your body, mind, and spirit during the postpartum phase. It's definitely a special time. Um, but I really want to share that story because even though I share you know, these little things that I'm navigating currently, I will say that August's birth was beautiful. It was wonderful. And I want to have that story as more proof out there that things can be okay. I'm sure you've seen a lot of stories on TV or heard from somebody else, like somebody having a baby and it's traumatic and, and, you know, it was scary and they had a long recovery, you know, their, maybe their birth plan went out the window Um, there's, I heard a lot of those stories and, um, I was just really visualizing for myself. Like I want to be an example of somebody who has a epidural free intervention, free natural birth and it goes well. And so that somebody else out there can see proof that sometimes your body just knows what to do. And if you just let it have that experience, then it works out. And birth is not the scariest, worst thing in the world it's beautiful. Um, so I want to record that. That'll probably be like a big, big episode. We'll see. Um, so anyway, um, I'm currently out on my back porch. Um, so if you hear birds, that's because there's birds. If you hear cars, that's because there's cars. And the reason that I'm recording it on my back porch instead of like a professional podcast studio, I do have a professional podcast mic. Um, I have a pop mic or a pop thing, you know, you know what I'm talking about? A pop filter. That's what it's called. Um, but one of the reasons that I'm not doing that one is because I'm in my new house and I haven't established a podcasting corner. I haven't put up soundproofing walls or anything like that. But another thing, another reason that I'm a huge advocate for is that if there's something that you love doing and you want to do it consistently for me, that's podcasting, love podcasting, want to do it consistently. I'm a huge advocate for following the path of least resistance. Some people would call that lazy, be lazy. Sure. Claim the word lazy. Let's reclaim the word lazy. Um, but for me, um, I really love doing things, the path of least resistance, you know, do like podcast in your bed or like whatever. So for me, it's just super easy for me to just stand out here 
in my beautiful porch where I love my surroundings and I look around and it inspires me. It gets me in the flow and there's a little bit of background noise here and there that you probably might not be able to hear. And if it bothers you, I'm so sorry. Um, but hopefully you can hear me. Hopefully you can tune in, tune out the outside world and let's dig into today's episode, which I'm very, very, very excited for because again, this is another lesson. This is another thing that I've had to learn from experience and I've guided a lot of clients through. Um, and that lesson is help. I am seeing crickets in my business. (laughs) Like help me out here. Nobody is buying, nobody is watching, nobody cares. What do I do? And um, for those of you who don't know me, I started as a copywriter in 2017 because I was, I just wanted to learn. So I self-taught myself copywriting. Um, I quickly fell into the spiritual self-help niche and I've been doing that and that, you know, snowballed into what is currently my spiritual marketing business. I market I, I offer marketing and marketing advice and marketing efforts to, you know, marketing work <laughs> to um, spiritual entrepreneurs, those who are in the, the spiritual um, business, um, coaches, healers, motivational speakers, anybody who is out to make the world a better place. That's me. My tagline is I make good people look good because that's what I do. So I've had a lot of people ask me, Um, what do I do? You know, I'm not getting any views or this trend is going around. Do I need to do that? It doesn't seem like it really fits my niche or my style. How do I do that? And I've been giving them advice and um, helping them out since 2017. Also having started my own multiple businesses, I've done lots of business adventures from selling coaching, from um, selling merchandise, Um, wow, copywriting, all sorts of things, courses. Like I feel like I've sold so many different things and I've been on so many different social media platforms that I just, I just feel like I have that experience and I know exactly how you're feeling. So, um, if you're in a place in your business where you feel like you're putting in effort and you're getting crickets, I have three big tips for you. And number one, is going to be the oddest one, probably depending on your, how you see it. Number one is be grateful. Be grateful for who is watching. Pay attention to them. Thank them for commenting. Thank them for their purchases. Literally, like this, this helped me so much. If you have one person who bought your program, I remember the first group coaching program I ever hosted. I had a goal to sell ten spots, and I sold two. And I remember at the time feeling so ashamed of that. It was my first program ever. It was called uh, Best Summer Ever. Oh my God, it's summer now. So that was what, like three years ago, four years ago? How exciting. (laughs) Uh, Anniversary. So um, I set this goal and I was, you know, I, I wanted 10 people to sign up. I wanted to serve 10 people. Two people signed up. And I remember thinking this was like a huge failure. For some reason, my brain saw it as, you know, if your goal is to get a hundred percent on the test and you get a 20% on the test, that's like a massive failure. Like that's really embarrassing. That's, you know, that's kind of how I saw it was like, I got a 20% on the test when in reality, that is not how it works. And if you have any experience in entrepreneurship, you really, really, really shouldn't see it that way. I think it can really drain you. Um, and for those of you who have like large audiences, large followings, large email lists, um, and you, you know, try to close on a program, 
you can't expect 100% of the people who are in your following to watch your content or purchase your things. Like, you really have to have this realistic um, ratio in your, um, in your, you know, in your plan. Um, so like, let's say you have 10,000 followers, you post some content saying, oh, buy my new whatever, um, you know, expect that I'm making numbers up. It depends on you. It depends on your ideal client. It depends on your product. But I would say that like, if you have 10,000 followers, maybe 2000 people will see your video, you know, a hundred will comment on it and 50 will buy. It depends on your marketing strategy, but I'm just kind of giving you, um, an expectation of how it works because I've had people who've had large followings come to me for marketing help to try to monetize their large following. Let's say, okay, so I did have a client at one point who had a million TikTok followers um, and she really wanted to monetize it. And she was like, I want to quit my full-time job and I want to monetize this following. So um, she launched a coaching program and she in a very similar, oh my God, it was like deja vu, very similar position. Um, she launched it and she said that nobody bought it, but she had a lot of engagement on her posts leading up to it. And I just want to say whoever, whoever commented, whoever showed up, whoever bought, like for me with those two people, literally like say their names out loud. As you see the PayPal notifications come through, say thank you. Because now four years from now or whenever that was, that was 2018. So four years later, I'm like, oh my God, two people signed up for my very first coaching program. One of them, I didn't even know who she was. She found me on the internet, said, I'd love to sign up for her program, paid me in full. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. Like something that I made. I wasn't, it was a coaching program that I came up with. It wasn't, um, you know, some, some other product or anything like that. And I'm just thinking now, like, that is amazing that I was so anxious and feeling so not enough and feeling so safe, unsafe and unstable in everything. I felt so insecure that I forgot to like sit in gratitude and just be like, yes, this is amazing. Um, and of course they came for what they, they got, what they came for. Um, you know, they, they got their transformation. They, they got the service, but if I could go back and do it again, I would just really show up with more gratitude instead of insecurity and fear. I was very afraid that they would like figure me out or something like that. When in reality, what ended up happening is that they both appreciated the more individualized attention because thinking back on it for my first group coaching program, 10 people was the number that I wanted for financial reasons. Like I wanted to make that much money. Um, but I don't think I could have held like I could I could have hosted 10 people on my first try I really really needed to warm up to it and I didn't see that at the time so also I was going um I was going Facebook live a lot at the time and a couple people would pop on here and there I think the most I would ever get is like 10 12 depending on the time of day depending on the topic etc etc um but I remember feeling like oh my gosh this isn't enough because I I currently have 2,000 Facebook friends. And so 12 people, oh my gosh, that's such a poor rate, right? Like I must be doing something wrong. And it really, for those of you who've ever put yourself out there, which I'm thinking most of you at some point have put yourself out there in some capacity, you know, that vulnerability of putting your heart out there and not getting back from your audience. Like it is so emotional. It's so vulnerable. It's so 
whew, like it really just, it's so, it's such an experience like no other. I think of like taking a cold shower, like it just shocks you and overcomes you. And it is, if you handle it well, and you handle it like a boss and you move through those emotions, it can be incredibly healing because you ask yourself these questions like, why do I feel like these low numbers on a Facebook live or TikTok live or Instagram live or low email open rates or nobody's buying? Why do I feel like this is determining my worth? Why am I making this mean something about me? And I had to uncover so much like money trauma that I didn't realize that I had was I tied in so deeply this idea that money was my worth. The number of dollars I made in a launch or in a, uh, in a, in a day was absolutely my worth. So be grateful. One, for the people who are live, make sure that you're treating them like kings and queens and really giving them that, that attention and focusing on them and their needs and meeting their needs and being like the best damn service provider, the best damn artist, the best leader that you can for them. I know this goes without saying, but that was huge for me because when I was just getting started, I was very focused on the lack that I was experiencing. It was really, really scary. Um, And now I feel a lot more chill. And once you have practice on this, I really do feel like the numbers just mean nothing. Um, Like the vanity numbers, the vanity metrics, like followers and likes and whatever. Um, And, you know, people who sign up, like they really don't mean anything because it's happened to me enough times that like three people will comment on a post or like it or whatever, but I will close, you know, bigger sales than that. Like that's not a good projection of how much how many spots I sold because it's like almost it's weird the people who tend to pay in full you know like people who who show up and say how can I work with you pay in full trust you are awesome clients almost seldom comment on things like they come from out of nowhere um so I you know I'm thankful for the people who who increase my engagement and who open my emails and you know work with me and play with me and all those things. Um, but it really like, once you've had the experience, you realize like, okay, numbers do not mean success. They do not mean worth. It just means what it means. It means the number of people who pressed the little button. It doesn't even necessarily mean the number of people who actually liked it. You know what I mean? Like just because someone didn't tap on it and give you that little heart doesn't mean that it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, they didn't reach it and they didn't like it. There's plenty of times that I see TikToks I really like or posts I really like that I even end up sharing or showing to the person next to me because I'm usually sitting next to Evan or Emily or our other friends um, that I, I show it to them. I'm like, I love this, but I don't actually tap the heart. And I don't know why I need to get into the habit of doing that. Um, but be grateful for the people who do show up and also be grateful that you're not being given more than you're ready for. Because what would happen if, you know, let's say you did meet your goal. Like, let's say that I did get those 10 people in my group coaching program and it was just too much and I couldn't, I couldn't help all of them. And then I'd have to like refund them. And then that would feel incredibly scary and incredibly shameful. And then what would happen to my reputation if I was given more than I was ready for. I do feel like if you're putting in the work to market yourself, if you're putting in the work to be a good service provider, it's not just about getting yourself out there, but we'll get into that one in a second. (laughs) Um, Being a good service provider, being a good artist, being good at what you do, and you're putting in effort to put yourself out there at all, 
then you've, you've done your best. You've done it. And you've gained experience. You've learned something from that. And I think, I mean, it goes without saying, and, but I think it's worth remembering that we learn more from our quote unquote failures than from our successes. Because if everything happened great, like what would you have learned from that? And then you'd probably do it again. Like, let's say that you had a a success, you know, everything went the way that you wanted it to. And then you repeated that and then it didn't work the second time, then you'd just be confused. So if it doesn't work the first time, if you feel like your content's falling flat or your offers aren't selling, or, you know, nobody's inquiring about your services or your products, then be grateful that you're not being thrown so much work and so many orders and so many clients. Be grateful for that space because there's going to come in time where you're going to feel tight and you're going to feel ready to upgrade and you're going to wonder what was I doing with that space when I had it. Okay, I had to take a little break um, to wear August, so I keep podcasting while I'm wearing him. So a lot of you have asked me in my DMs on Instagram how I'm getting work done with a newborn. Um, This is the answer. I wear him a lot. (laughs) Um, I work during his nap times, and I think a couple episodes ago, you can hear August in the background. He's like babbling and making little noises like he's doing right now. So for tip number two, the tip is work on your expertise instead of your marketing. And let me explain. Um, This kind of ties into tip number one where, you know, be grateful for the space that you have. So let's say that you're eager to serve people. You're like raring to go and you're just not getting those, that interaction. You're not getting those views or orders. And I also want to reiterate really quickly that that is totally normal. So if you ever feel like, oh my God, I'm the only one, um, not necessarily true. I've seen people go to great lengths to hide the fact that they're not getting orders or they're not getting interaction. Of course, people buy followers, like people do all sorts of tricky things to hide the fact that they're not really booked and busy at the time. And I just kind of wish that people would normalize the seasons a little bit more. Um, that would be like my mini tip is like normalize the seasons. We do have slower seasons. We have seasons where it's just easy. Like you're booking out left and right. You're, you're churning out orders. You're getting so much engagement and it just feels easy. There are seasons where you're making a huge profit and it doesn't feel easy. You're, you know, seasons where you're not really getting much traction. There's just like absolute seasons to entrepreneurship. And I think anybody who is um, experienced and talented in any field will understand that there are seasons and to try to make everything, everything all of the time is just a little bit much. Um, so back to what I was saying about your expertise, when, now that you have this space, so you have this energy that is not being used because you aren't having orders fulfilled and, uh, that is a great time for you to work on your your expertise. Um, so if somebody says like, okay, look, I ha- you know people, someone comes to me in my business and they say, okay, so I have put in my ten thousand. Okay, yeah, this is a very typical um, scenario. Somebody starts a new business and they set up all the marketing things. They have an Instagram, they have a Facebook, they have an email list, they have a Facebook um, business page, all the things. And then they come to me and they say, why aren't I blowing up yet? I have all of the things. I made a TikTok. I did the dance. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is you haven't put in your 10,000 hours. Um, And that's just a form of speech. But, you know, you know the saying that you need 10,000 hours to have mastery of something, 10,000 practice hours of something. Um, 
that's just kind of the expression that comes to my mind. It's like, you just haven't built up that credibility yet, that exp- that expertise yet. Marketing is really, really, really great, but it really needs to be coupled with quality and expertise and the reputation. Depending on the service that you're providing, I say that this is highly, highly, highly um, relevant to services like coaching or, you know, talk therapy. Um, If you are a one-on-one service provider in any capacity that can't show, you know, you don't really necessarily have a testimonial set built up. You don't have a reputation. You're not known in any community because you just got started, right? Like I absolutely do not blame you. Um, so for me with copywriting, it took me a while to build up a um, relevant work portfolio in my niche um, because I knew that I wanted to start copywriting and I marketed myself as a copywriter before I did any of the work. And, you know, I had a, I had good marketing. I knew what I was doing right off the bat, but people would come to my landing page they'd come to my website. They'd have conversations with me and they just really wouldn't, they wouldn't book. They wouldn't buy. They'd talk to me. Maybe they liked me as a person and they laughed at my jokes or we got, got along well, but I just didn't have, have that, that, um, those case studies that those 10,000 hours, that proof of results, um, so it was kind of just like they were taking a risk on me and not everybody wants to do that. Um, so especially if you want to be a coach or you want to do, you know, you're a service provider, you're a psychic, you're a healer, you're a massage therapist, you're a yoga teacher. And eagerness is great and it's refreshing to some people, but it's sometimes not enough. And that's where referrals come in. That's where um, your reputation comes in. That's where the community that you're known in comes in and it's really really hard work to to do that like not that it needs to be hard like you can definitely follow your ease and follow your path of least resistance to establish yourself somewhere like for example your first client might be somebody who you know already that was the case for me um but to really be known in a community as the person the go-to person that definitely takes time and then building up testimonials also takes time. Something that a lot of people do is they exchange free services for a testimonial. Um, and that can be good while you're building up, but make sure that you're taking on people who you actually want to work with and not just anybody. Um, because when I first started copywriting, um, I was doing free copywriting for in exchange for a testimonial for people who were not in my niche. And as I mentioned, my niche is um, entre- spiritual entrepreneurs. And I was just kind of copywriting for anybody. And what ended up happening was I did have a portfolio, but then I started meeting potential clients who were, who weren't certain if I could meet their needs. You know, they had a reason like, well, my business is different and I need someone who can, who can fit my specific needs. And that just kind of goes into like, you know, it, it, you know, my whole other theory about like, it's important to niche down because then you make your clients feel like you can meet their unique specific needs and that you get it. And that's really, really important too. So if you feel like you have this extra energy because you've been investing so much in your marketing, that also tends to have like help you focus on lack. Like that, there's a tendency to focus on the lack. Why isn't my marketing working? Marketing working when in reality you now have so much space to focus on the quality of your product. Um, so let's also say shift it over to a product. You create a product. You now have that time to 
practice your product, practice making it better, um, you know, get better ingredients for it, practice your hand technique, become a better painter, become a better, better uh, product maker in that way. Because I know a lot of you who, who listen to this podcast are painters um, and you also own your own Etsy shops and make jewelry and all those kinds of things. So practice that. And this is this is kind of a reflection of a conversation that I had with somebody once where I gave them the advice to start to keep practicing and just get better and better because what else are you going to do? You can't go and make people buy your products. You can, you know, get stronger, stronger marketing, but really at the end of the day, you can't force people to close. Um, so what can you do? Are you going to just give up? No, I highly suggest that you direct your energy somewhere. Keep the momentum going. Don't just sit around and wait for people to show up. Keep your keep improving your products. And something that a former client said to me once was, well, then I'm just going to be wasting time and money when I don't want to make things that aren't going to sell. I don't want to practice. And to me, that was very, very interesting because I thought, well, then why are you in the business if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you don't want to get better? Because I mean, I get it. Entrepreneurship is inherently a risk. It's inherently, it's not for the faint of heart. It can feel scary to practice, you know, because then you're like, well, I'm spending all this time and and resources on something that might not sell when I really just want to be focused on selling. And that just puts all of this stress and pressure on your audience. And I I really feel like this is another sub tip. Your audience cannot bear the weight of that pressure that you're putting on them to show up. That's just too much pressure. And in any relationship, that type of pressure is not good. Like imagine if your spouse, your partner, your best friend, you're putting massive amounts of pressure on them to meet your needs when you weren't meeting theirs. So take this time, see it for, you know, what a gift it is and focus on your expertise. Keep going, put in your 10,000 hours, you know, take a course on how to be a better service provider in some shape or form. Don't focus on marketing more. You're probably, unless you feel like you really are missing in marketing, most of my clients aren't. And that's one of the reasons why I started stepping into creative consultations and creative coaching is to feel that sense of enoughness in your body before you start investing massive amounts in marketing. Because nine times out of 10, it's not that you're not marketing well enough, because I think with TikTok and Instagram, you mostly just need consistency and time. Um, because it's really easy to get out to people with TikTok, Instagram, email marketing. Like it's, it's easy these days. Most of the time you need to focus on what are you actually providing instead of how can I get more people to hear about it? Unless your business strategy is to sell something for as cheap as possible to as many people as possible. Um, which I don't think that is yours, but Hey, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I would highly recommend that you take a pause and just reflect on what it is that you're offering and what is your relationship to it and build up your expertise. Because over time with expertise, you're going to naturally get those those transformations. You're going to naturally get those results, those testimonials. You're going to get ideas when you give yourself a little bit of space. Um, and another thing that you can do is um, build up maybe a freebie library, depending on what you're working on. I have a freebie library myself because that's exactly what I did. Was I was in this space of like, suspended energy. I feel like I had more energy than I knew to do with. So I built up my freebie library. Um, I start working on my podcast when I have time in between clients. Um, you know, for you, that can be something else, a YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, where you're delivering value. That's another way to put in your 10,000 hours so that when someone comes to your 
space, they're like, oh my gosh, this person knows what they're talking about. I feel safe because it really is ultimately at the end of the day about making your customers and clients feel safe. Like I mentioned before, some people might not feel totally comfortable buying from you if you don't seem super established. Oh, actually, that was a tip in my last episode where I talked about how to shift into an entrepreneurial mindset where I talked about websites and how really it's your job to make your clients feel safe buying from you. Like when they pay you, where's that money going to go? Are they going to get like a a thank you message? Are they going to get a shipping confirmation? Are they going to get next steps? Or is that money just going to disappear into the ether and they're never going to hear from you? Do you have testimonials? Do you have um, some type of accreditation? Like people probably want to work with you, but they might need more safety, that sense of safety that they are going to be taken care of when they give you their money. And that is where expertise and putting in your 10,000 hours comes in. And that tip is usually the biggest piece of advice that I give my clients at Namaste Creative. And it was the biggest one for me. So if you're ever just sitting there in business, twiddling your thumbs, you don't know what to do. Use that energy, keep the momentum going because what happens if you don't keep the momentum going, it just falls flat. You lose your passion. Your business builds up cobwebs. Your business only has crickets and cobwebs if you let it. And it's not up to other people to establish, you know, energy for you. Don't put that pressure on them. Really bring be bring the energy themselves. Keep delivering value to people and you will see a return on that. Okay, tip number three and final tip for what to do when you are feeling crickets in your business. And that is get ready because it will happen eventually. Are you currently stocked up? Are you feeling well rested? Are you ready to experience more? What in your life currently signals that you are ready for more? I highly recommend that you take this time and take a nap, take a vacation, have a good meal, you know, make sure that all of your links and everything are set up. Get ready to fulfill more orders because it's absolutely going to happen. You can't predict when it's going to happen because that wouldn't be any fun, right? Like what if business <laughs> is something I think about. What if business was just like completely predictable all the time and you knew what was going to happen all the time? I'm pretty sure that you got into business because you wanted to take some risks and you wanted to do your own thing um, and not because you wanted to program a robot that is perfect every time. Or maybe you did. I don't know. Um, but have fun with it and just play with with different risks. I mean, like for me, something that's something I think about is when I'm not really um, generating a lot of business and I'm in my slower time, I think like, wow, this is the perfect time for me to take some fun risk that I've always wanted or do something different because you don't have the weight of like a full client roster or all these orders to fulfill weighing in on you. Um, and just, just have fun with that time because there is going to be a time when you're going to be feeling a little tight and like you need to expand again. Um, like maybe you need to hire someone to help you. Maybe you need to, you know, pay for some upgrades or something. Um, but this is a really, really beautiful, special time. And I would highly, highly recommend that you don't, um, what's the word, demonize it or think that it's bad. Don't label it. Don't shame yourself. Um, because everywhere that I've ever worked, like I've been an employee somewhere and I've worked at a lot of coffee shops. Um, I've worked at a tanning salon. Um, 
you know, there's always lulls, like there's seasons where it's slower and never in my experience has the manager or owner ever been like really freaking out about the fact that a coffee shop is slow at 11 a.m. You know, it's definitely popping in the morning when everyone's getting their, you know, getting their coffee and then it tends to slow down and, you know, nobody's impressed about it. Like they know that that's just a time for you to stock back the cups, make some more coffee, sweep the floor and just get ready for the next surge. And that's just something that I've really, really deeply understood in my time as an employee um, is the, the downtimes or the times to prepare. And that translates directly into entrepreneurship. So just be ready. And also remember that you might think that you're experiencing crickets when probably not. People are always watching. You really have no idea. I mean, especially with um, YouTube and TikTok, especially. I know Facebook and Instagram are like this, but YouTube and TikTok, especially, people can find your content years later. And you want to be ready for that. Are you just going to say like, oh, nobody's watching it today? <laughs> because And so, you know, throw the whole thing away. People have found my TikToks like over a year after I've made them. Um, I watch YouTube videos that are seven years old. And I'm really grateful that that person did it. I'm really like, that grateful that that person builds up that consistency. And there's been plenty of times where I've popped on someone's TikTok live or Facebook live because it's the two that I watch the most. And um, I've listened to something that they said, didn't leave a comment, didn't buy anything, but the thing that they said really, really, really stuck with me and really resonated with me. And I'm so grateful that they did that. So just think about the bigger picture here and just focus on what you have. And oh my God, this is like super cheesy (laughs) advice that I am, uh, oh my gosh, if I could hear myself a few years ago, I'd be like, oh my God, Katie, this sounds so cheesy. But in my time and ex- in experience in business, it's just so true. And the people that are afraid of taking this advice because it sounds corny are the ones that are stuck in the trends and they're stuck in, you know, what TikTok trend, what TikTok dance do I need to learn now? And they're spending all their time learning on like, you know, like <laughs> learning every little shiny object that's going out there. And they're not really embodying the wisdom of an established entrepreneur. Um, so there you have it. Those are my three tips. Get out there, get ready, work on your expertise, and just be absolutely gentle with yourself and just express that that gratitude for this time and space that you do have. Um, celebrate your seasons, romanticize the heck out of every minute, and just know that what you're going through is normal. And I really, really hope that we start as a community to start establishing the nor- like normalizing the seasons. Um, I know for me, when I was pregnant, I didn't want to work. I just didn't. Even the things that I love doing, I worked here and there. I did a couple of things, but for the most part, I just, I didn't feel inspired to. Um, and I ended up getting a job for part of my pregnancy because I just did not feel inspired to create. And that's okay. And I mean, I'm here to say that it's normal. So celebrate your seasons and um, I, I can't wait until everything starts picking back up for you soon. You start raking in that money and celebrating your abundance, but know that there's a season to plant seeds too, because where's the plant going to come from if you're not planting seeds? I love you all. Thank you so much. I will tag the relevant links in the show notes and I'll see you soon.